It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we're closing out the dog days of summer, yes, it's the tail end of summer. I just spent the last week with my kids getting ready as I promised them some daddy time this last week before they head back to school. And with that said, school is coming around the corner and also fall. So I figure it's hot, it's warm, it's the end of summer, school's right there, but... We have that trickle of Halloween in the air. That's right, because fall is coming up very quickly. And with the announcements like Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, uh, Universal Halloween Horror Nights, and many other things, let's keep it in the Halloween mood, as we have somebody very special stopping in here this week with Richard Masur. That's right, you may not recognize the name right offhand, but you've seen him in a variety of different things. For instance, John Carpenter's The Thing. You also have seen him in My Girl, and most notably for all of you Disney fans, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. That is right. Yeah, we are going back into the Disney archives with this one with Mr. Boogity, one of my favorite Disney Sunday night, wonderful world of Disney specials that I love to this day. And Richard's going to stop in and talk about his entire career, talk about what it was like working on The Thing back with John Carpenter and many other projects that he's currently working on. He's also going to talk about how he really wants Mr. Boogity to come to Blu-ray. Yes, he is with all of you D-heads. He wants this thing released as much as you do. In addition, we have the D-team back. Yes, we have Lexi back as she's stopping down that Hollywood Walk of Fame and she's going to give you a little bit more about our very special guest, Richard Masser. In addition, we have Randy back with Disney Multimedia. Randy's going to be stopping in and giving you the lowdown of all the Disney Multimedia going on with Disney Infinity, all kinds of games rebooted, and more, as he's going to give you that little bit of a hint for all of you Disney gamers out there. We have a variety of different things, a little bit of news on the horizon, and all kinds of fun. So as we're wrapping out the dog days of summer, as I mentioned, you know, I'm sorry that we've had the last week off, but I did promise these four little kids right here that I would have some daddy time before school started, and we have been slammed. And all of you D-heads out there that are parents, you get it, you understand it, you know where I'm coming from. So with that said, a little bit of boogity boogity boo, let's kick off show number 45 for the week of August 29th, 2013. Be right back, all of you D-heads. We're so glad you could make it. And look, the gang's all here. Happy Halloween! (laughs) Hello, little guy. (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Aw, gee. Terrific. It's really not so scary. <laughs> Your costume is beautiful. <laughs> I just love Halloween 
lots of tricks. It's really not so scary. But not too many tricks. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that piece. Oh. Good evening. Excuse me, I'm just finishing up a little work. Welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. Now, I admit that tonight's feature, Mr. Boogity, is a little weird. It's a family comedy all about ghosts, evil spirits, and a very haunted house. The special effects department here at the studio knew I was introducing Mr. Boogity. And this is their idea of a little joke. Very funny guys. Pyrotechnics, wonderful really. Phone book, hot telephone call. Nobody has a magnifying Okay, fine chair, great. I'm keeping my coffee. <laughs> Hey guys, this is not funny. This is not funny. I just hope you figured out a way to get me back by next week. Jump ahead of the bread line, one swing ahead of the sword. I steal only what I can't afford. That's everything. One jump ahead of the lawmen. That's all, and that's no joke. These guys don't appreciate I'm broke. Riff raff, straight rash, scoundrel, take back. Just a little snack, guys. Rip it open, take it back, guys. Take a hint, gotta face the facts. You're my only friend, Abu. Oh, oh, it's sad. A man has hit the bottom. He's become a one-man rising crime. I blame parents, except he hasn't got them. Gotta eat to live, gotta still to eat. Tell you all about it when I got the time. One jump ahead of the slow pokes. One skip ahead of my doom. Next time, gonna use a nom de plume. One jump ahead of the hitman, one hit ahead of the flock. I think I'll take a stroll around the block. Stop me! Let's not be too hasty. Still, I think he's me. Gotta eat to live, gotta still to eat. Otherwise, we'd get along.
do, Mr. Davis? Witherspoon's my name. Neil Witherspoon. Joy buzzers. Pretty great, huh? I sell them by the carton. <laughs> Very nice. Expensive? No, not at all. Shall we turn on the lights? son your age he's unusual <laughs> on behalf of the lucifer falls chamber of commerce chamber of horrors is more like it i'd like to welcome you to our town and warn you get out before it's too late now, now, Eloise. Don't listen to Mom. He's just joking. Yeah, joking. Neil, are you joking? No jokes, Mr. Davis. This house has a tragic history. You mean ghosts? Wow. Listen. I'd hate to see anything... Happened to you or your family? Well, I guess I've heard enough. I'll meet you guys out by the truck. Jennifer, old Neil's just pulling your leg. Isn't that right, Neil? Well, thanks a lot for the advice, Neil, but I think we'll be staying. Whatever you say. you to keep an eye out for the boogity man boogity 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 boo this is ken page and i'm the voice of boogie boogie and i want you to know you're listening to disney on demand It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, so you tuned in for another magical installment here at Disney On Demand. And as I mentioned, we are in the dog days of summer. That's right, we are in the thick of it, and school is starting just next week. So there's a lot of different things going on, and you may have noticed I've been gone for the last week, week and a half from online. You know, I apologize for that, but... I also got to say that I'm living up to my end of the bargain. I promised my four kids that I'd be spending some quality daddy time this last week with them before they go back to school. You know, always working around the clock, working on the show, working a day job. It tends to get busy. And as I always say every single week here at the show, never neglect family for business. So I'm living by the words that I speak as well as Walt Disney did. So, you know, spending that time here this week. But we're in the dog days of summer. And as I mentioned that, you know, as fall is around the corner, school is starting. We have a lot of different things going on here at Disney On Demand. And next week, once school gets going, 
you guys are going to have to shut me up because we're going to have so much news and so many different things. And with no kids around, you're just going to have to try to shut me up, all of you D-heads. But with that, I'm going to segue into a variety of different things here this week. And I'm not going to talk about news. You know, I know the last couple of weeks I've had lots of news, you know. And last show we had so much news, it was ridiculous. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to kick back a little bit and I'm just going to share a fun little story with all of you D-heads out there about my daughter. I asked all four kids, what is the one summertime Disney memory that they all recall? What's the one thing that they wanted me to share with you? So before I share that with you, I do want to give you different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, our archives, a variety of different news feeds, and connect up with the D-Team right there on our website, DIZRadio.com. And also be sure to come and like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. And if you'd really like to help us out, all of you D-Heads, definitely shoot us some positive feedback in iTunes. Just search us right there, download all of our past shows, and more. So there's a variety of different things going on here this week. Like I said, I'm going to cut you some slack from news. So I'm going to start first with a story for my kids and then a story about me and Mr. Boogity. So first and foremost here, let's talk about a variety of different things. Now, as I mentioned, I took the last week off to spend some time with my kids. And this week's show is going to be a little bit different from my ramblings just because, you know, it is the last summer days here and there's a lot of things on tap. Today, we have a water balloon fight already set in motion. My seven-year-old and five-year-old are out there filling up the balloons right now. And let me tell you, I know that daddy is going to take the brunt of it. It is going to be rough, so I'm, I'm ready for this. So the story that they want to share is how our Princess Emma came to be. Now, everybody knows I have four kids. I do not, you know, shy away from sharing this. It is always fun to do and, you know, let everybody know, hey, yeah, I got, I got a troop here. I got an army of Disney kids. Well, the one thing many people don't know is how Emma came to be. Now, when we were at Walt Disney World, uh, you know, this was right before she was born, My daughter kept saying she wanted a baby sister, and she's been saying this for years. And mind you, she ended up having Prince Zachary, followed by Prince Tyler. So her wishes weren't coming true. So what we did is we went to Walt Disney World, spent some time there, stayed at the Caribbean Beach Resort, which is one of the resorts I really love just kicking back at. Yes, it's older and larger, but it's so nice and quiet and serene. There's just something about the, you know, the Caribbean Beach Resort that I just love. I just, it gives me that tropical feel. You know, I guess being a Jimmy Buffett fan, it just seems like it fits perfectly. But, you know, we went to the Magic Kingdom, we were making our ADRs, and, you know, one of those was eating at Cinderella's Castle. Now, For anybody that has eaten at Cinderella's Royal Table, you know that they always say, close your eyes, make a wish, wave your wand, wave your sword, whatever you're going to do. Well, they waved their wands, they made their wishes, and my daughter would not tell us what her wish was all day long. We walked around the park and I really wanted to know. Mind you, my two boys, they told me what their wishes were. My five-year-old wished that one day he would be a pirate daddy. Yes, that's all he wants to be in life, is a pirate daddy with five kids. So... Hopefully his wish will come true. Now when it comes time for my three-year-old, all he wished is that he could meet Jack Sparrow, which we ended up doing on that trip. So those two things, you know, they're definitely fun. You never know if the five-year-old is going to come true. But finally that night, my daughter, Princess Allie, finished up at Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique at Downtown Disney, and she told us, I wished for a baby sister, and her name is going to be Emma. Now, you know, we're my wife and I, we just laughed about it. We're like, okay, 
Sure, you're going to have a baby sister named Zemma. Mind you, at this time, we weren't thinking about having any more kids at this point. We were like, all right, we're three, we're good. You know, we're at Disney, it's fun. And uh, as the week went on, my wife kept saying, you know what? I think you need to take a trip to CVS. And we both laughed it off. I'm like, no, you're crazy. Whatever. Yeah, okay, whatever. She's like, no, really, really. So, you know, three days later, we left Hollywood Studios and, uh, you know, we... We're like, all right, let's do it. So we hit up a 24-hour Walgreens this time and went and got a test. Mind you, the next morning, we were heading back to the Magic Kingdom. As we're leaving, my wife says, you know what? Um, there's an extra magical uh, a gift for you sitting on the sink. Yes, you guessed it right, all of you D-heads. Um, it came out positive. So we didn't share it with the kids right then and there. That's the biggest thing. We did not share it with the kids right offhand. We figured, let's enjoy the rest of the trip, and then we'll announce it. So what we did then is we took a box, and we put a bunch of Mickey balloons in it when we got home. Now, this is about a week after we got back, and they were bummed. We were back from Disney. So we put them all in a box, and they were pink balloons with Minnie Mouses on it. So what we did is told them an extra special delivery had come for them. So... All they did, they gathered around, we video recorded the whole thing, and when they opened it up, all the pink balloons came out, followed by one of them holding a tag that said, it's a girl. Now, my daughter, she got it right away. She said, my wish came true. She ran upstairs, darted to her bedroom, got her magic wand, and said, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, her name will be Emma. And, you know, mind you, we still laughed this time. But, you know, true to form, months and months later, months and months later, Princess Emma was born. So my daughter, who's seven, I better warn all of you D-heads, any child that goes to Cinderella's Royal Table, you know, she is convinced anything you wish for at Cinderella's Royal Table will come true. So get ready for that, all of you D-heads, because she is convinced. And that is how Princess Emma came into the picture. And uh, I became a happy-go-lucky father of four kids who are waiting outside the studio to uh, bombard me with water balloons today. So... It's a fun little story. I figured it's summertime. Why not share something other than news for once, all of you D-heads? Now, later on in the show, I got a couple of other things I'm going to share with you. One more story, and it's something from my own childhood, something from way back from the Mr. Boogity era. Yes, yeah, since we're talking with Richard Masser, I'm pretty stoked that we're going to have uh, you know some great Boogity stories, things on set, and I'm just excited because that is a long-lost Disney gem. So I'm going to share another story with you here very shortly. So, as I said, we're going to keep the show a little bit looser here this week. Not as much news, dog days of summer. So, I'm keeping it so you can just listen to some tunes, have some fun, and keep the days rolling before next week when I ramble on for an eternity with news. Hope you enjoy the story. Now, if you have a story that you want to share with us, please call it in on our hotline. You can call it in on our voicemail, leave it right there, and you can hear yourself here on the show. Now, you can find that phone number right there on our homepage at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. And we want you to leave us your story, your message, or even just email it to us, and we'll read it here on the show. You know, I love hearing about great Disney stories. Now, it doesn't have to be just about Disney World or Disneyland. Maybe it's just that time that you cuddled up on a couch, watched a movie, or something from your own childhood, or, you know, something that is leaving a lasting impression, like my boys and watching Jake every day. It doesn't make a difference what it is. Share it with us. Hear it on the show, because we are family. And that's what we love here in the Disney community, is we're all family, we're all connected, and we're all making memories. So, before I let you go, and uh, release the reins here for a little bit more fun, and before I come back and tell you a Mr. Boogity story... 
Uh, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations can book your Walt Disney World trip, Disneyland, Vacations by Disney, Cruise, and more. And they are knowledgeable agents that are going to help you get the best vacation that you could possibly hope for. And that's PixieVacations.com. You can follow their website right there on our homepage and tell them Diz Radio sent you. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins. I'm going to double-check all these balloons here, maybe stash a few for myself before I get bu- before I get bombarded with water balloons. And uh, I'll be right back as we close out the dog days of summer as Richard Masser, boogity-boogity-boo, is going to be stopping in soon. Disneyland, 61, Disneyland, 61, always building something new, new sights to see, new things to do at Disneyland, 61, Disneyland, 61, growing bigger every day, growing better in every way, it's Disneyland, 61. The gleaming monorail Gliding through the sky You'll be having thrills galore And your life with great excitement People jump from far and near For new adventures every year It's Disneyland 61 Where the future meets the past And it's all for fun You will really have a ball At the happiest kingdom of them all Always building something new, new sights to see, new things to do at Disneyland, 61. Always building something new, new sights to see, new things to do at Disneyland, 61. Disneyland. 61. What? What am I doing here? Ah, I work here. (laughs) What are you doing here? Isn't this a historical society? Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we want to know how come our house is haunted. Ah, so that's it. (laughs) You want to know about the house? (laughs) I'll tell you. 300 years ago, long before any of us were alive, a small group of pilgrims lived on this very spot. They were a hard-working, decent group of people. Once in a while, of course, they would enjoy a good laugh. (laughs) Most of them, that is. You see, there was one exception. William Hanover. And he was a strange man. Nobody liked him. And everybody was just a little bit afraid of him. Wasn't a good idea to make jokes around William Hanover. Even little children had to watch their step around him. Here comes Boogity out the door. 
children called him Mr. Boogity because he delighted in scaring them. Boogity! Boogity, boogity, boo! <laughs> what a weirdo. So what happened next? Well, hmm. The women of Lucifer Falls were hardly lining up outside Mr. Boogity's door. But uh, you could hardly blame them. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Still, there was one person, the beautiful Widow Marion, who lived with her sweet little boy, Jonathan. Oh, good sisters, do you think if he is really all that bad? He trieth. I am sure that he trieth. I don't think so, Mother. <laughs> Hanover fell in love with Marion. In fact, he wanted to marry her. She didn't, did she? Ah, uh, <laughs> she turned him down. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that wasn't the end of it. Not hardly. Hanover was ready to do anything. I mean, anything. Win the hand of the widow Marion. After all, he was a man of great power and authority, used to having his own way. <laughs> Some people say he sold his soul to the devil that night, sold his soul for a magic cloak, <laughs> a cloak so powerful it would make him invincible, a cloak so powerful he hoped it might even give him
This is Rob Paulson, better known to you guys as Yakko Honor, and you guys are listening to Disney On Demand. Smart people. I was trying to explain that Mr. Boogity is just a character in a movie. He's make-believe. He's not a ghost. His so-called mysterious cape was made in the studio's costume department. He has no mystical powers. Here, I'll show you. Boogity boogity! <laughs> Gee, Michael, you make Mr. Boogity mad. Yeah. There is no Mr. Boogity. This is ridiculous. The guys in the special effects department are at it again. Mickey, call my office. Okay, Mike. Hey, get me down from here. Goofy. Yeah. Call the auto club. Gotcha, Michael. Someone's got to get me down by next week. All right, LVD heads, so I'm back once again, and I hope you're enjoying, uh, you know, the flow here this week as we prepare for Richard Master to stop in, boogity boogity boo, as he's going to be stopping in very shortly here at Disney On Demand. I'm very excited about that, and uh, you know, hopefully you're not missing news too much here this week. Like I said, I thought Dog Days of Summer. Let's share some stories and some fun things, and there is a great story that I have that I wanted to continue on here and uh, share with all of you D heads out there since we are talking about Mr. Boogity. Now, going back, I'm just going to jump right into it, LVD heads. Now, going back to the days when Mr. Boogity first aired on the wonderful world of Disney, I didn't know what to make of it. Now, I myself have always been a huge Disney fan, you know, all my whole life. Doesn't make a difference what it was. And I remember recording Mr. Boogity on VHS back in the day. Maybe some of you may remember what VHSs actually are. Um, you know, I even had a Betamax. Um, but, you know, remembering back what VHS is and recording it, I watched it back continuously. So what I ended up doing is that Halloween, my goal, this was the following year. Okay, so Mr. Boogity aired. I guess I should backtrack. Mr. Boogity aired, and then the following year, I was so obsessed with the film that I decided I was going to be Mr. Boogity. So I spent a good part of about three months making a cloak and, uh, you know, trying to get everything just right. So I finally stitched up together my Mr. Boogity cloak. Now, this took me forever. Ever and I wanted to get the sparkle on it, so it was covered in glitter, and glitter was all over the house. My mom was just so mad, so angry. It was everywhere. So, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And mind you, for months, I was driving my little sister and my older siblings, because I come from a family of five, nuts, because all I kept saying is boogity boogity boo, boogity boogity boo, and I was practicing all the different ways to do it. You know, I think my best, I don't know if I can do it anymore, you know, pushing my age, but I'd, I'd, I'd go up to them and I'd go, Boogity, boogity, boo. Hopefully it sounds pretty good, not too cheesy, but I was doing that for months and months, and I still do it. I mean, you know, most of the time, nobody knows what I'm even referencing, but, you know, it was fun to do. Now, the time came for Halloween night, you know, for trick-or-treating, and trick-or-treating on Halloween was always fun. We did it in the evening. You went door-to-door, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do my makeup perfect. This was 9 in the morning. And I'm like, how can I look like Mr. Boogity? I knew nothing about prosthetics. I knew nothing about how to make things look great. So what I ended up doing was grabbing foam from an old couch cushion that was in the garage. Now, this may have not have been the smartest thing to do, but I started ripping up pieces of foam so I could get that really gorified, kind of bumpy look that Mr. Boogity has and um, stuck it to my face. Now, mind you, I'm not going to tell you... Uh, how I stuck it to my face yet, but, you know, I started getting all the paint on and getting everything in order, 
And I'm like, all right, this is going to look good. I even carved out a little bit of a big nose, and um, it, it was looking really good. A lot of blacks and greens and, you know, the way Mr. Boogity looks. I was trying to get it just really, really slick looking. And uh, we were all out of Elmer's glue. So I'm like, all right, now what can I use on my face? Nothing was working. I tried tape. I tried everything. So I ended up using some wood glue. Now, I'll give you a moment to chuckle because it was probably the most idiotic thing I possibly could have done. All right. Thinking back now, I still think it was just ridiculous. So I got it all on. And I started putting all different paints on and colors. And I didn't even have the right kinds of, like, darkness to it. So I started using some of my mom's makeup. I think it was, uh, I don't even know what it was, some kind of makeup women put on. But I was putting it in the creases and the grooves. And I had this glue on my face. And I was looking good. I was looking frightening. And the whole time, boogity boogity boo. Boogity boogity boo. So, you know, the day goes on. I'm all excited. We did a small party with our friends. And then we went out trick-or-treating. I banked. You know, I filled up my sack. You know, and back in when I was a kid, you know, we used a pillow sack. That's all you use. You grabbed your pillow sack and you went out. So I went out there. I had my pillow sack and it was full. So we all come back and everyone's taking off their costume to eat. I cannot get off this foam for the life of me. I got half of it off. The other half, I couldn't. The wood glue was really sticking hard, and it was hurting. I mean, I just was yanking at it and yanking at it, and my mom's like, well, here, let's get it wet. Now, this is a couch cushion, so as we're getting it wet, my face is just swelling up and getting heavy because it's it's sponges, so it's just soaking it up, not even helping. So then I got this face, so then she's like, oh, well, let's squeeze out the sponges. So as we're squeezing it out, Green paint and black paint are just dripping down my body, down my face, onto my clothes, onto the floor, everywhere. We could not get it out. We try, Two hours go by. You know, I'm like, all right, I'll just go back by my friends. We're going to eat candy for a while. Come back, try some more. We could not get it. So it finally got to the point where we had almost everything off but the forehead. Could not get the forehead off for the life of us. So I slept that night. I said, oh, maybe it'll come off while we're sleeping. Next morning I wake up, it came off. But there was still green paint all over my bed, all over my sheets. And mind you, my mom had told me that it stained the floor. It just was, it it wouldn't come off. So from years and years to come, every time I'd go in the kitchen or every time my mom wanted to mop the floor, mind you, maybe you remember mopping floors or waxing floors back then or your parents doing it. I was always reminded how I, I ruined our floor. Mind you, I wasn't the one that put water on my face and squeezed it out, but For about six years until we replaced that flooring, I always got blamed. And then it turned into a family joke. And my little sister would always turn to me and go, boogity boogity boo. And it became the boogity boo spot. So every time somebody stepped on that green smeared gookie spot on the floor, you had to say it. It was kind of like our mistletoe in the family. We It turned into a joke. We had family members that would come over and friends. And everybody had to stand into the boogity spot. So... You know, I hope you found it just as funny as I did. Cute little story from my childhood. So all of you D-heads, you know, I just wanted to share it. Like I said, I'm not sharing news here this week. I'm sharing some fun Disney stories, and that was one of them. And definitely share your stories with us, because I love hearing about all these different stories and things that, uh, you know, you had growing up as well. So with that said, all of you D-heads, I am going to take a break, get something to drink, and uh, don't tell the kids out there, but I did grab one, two, I I was able to grab seven water balloons without them noticing here. So I got seven water balloons waiting here in the studio for me to go out and at least begin chucking at them once the show is over. So 
I'm going to release the reins to our D-Team member, Lexi, who's going to take that trip down the Hollywood Walk of Fame and give you a little bit more about our best, about our very special guest here this week, Richard Masser. And uh, when you come back with me, you know, we're going to have Richard on the line. We're going to chat it up, and I'm pretty excited for him to call in. So uh, until then, I'll leave you with, uh, I don't have the spot to step in, but I am looking at the pictures of me in the costume. So boogity, boogity, boo! Be right back, LBT heads. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see, this our town of Halloween. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on a diaphragm, it's our town, everybody scream. Sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 In this town we call home. Everyone hail to the pumpkin song. In this town, don't we love it now? Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. Found that corner and hiding in the trash can. you think this uh this haunting business has gone far enough boogity boogity 
Okay, so you don't want to talk, fine. Uh, but this is our house, and we're not leaving, so forget it. What? Ari, come on! Get ready to be starstruck. This week's special guest has a list of talents, appearances, and credentials that will blow your mind. Let's just say we are incredibly lucky to have Disney legend Richard Massa here as our special guest today. For us D-heads, Richard played Carlton Davis in the Mr. Boogity movies, including Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity alongside the Adams Family's John Aston. That's right, our special guest played the father of the family who moved into a haunted house. <laughs> a much-loved Disney classic. Hailing from New York, Richard's father was a pharmacist and his mother taught as a teacher at the local high school. This probably explains why Richard was originally planning on studying medicine. However, Richard's love for acting really took off when he decided to earn his higher education at the Yale School of Drama instead. During his studies, he managed to work as a professional actor and a theatre technician. He must have been very busy, but definitely very talented and interested in his art nonetheless. It was less than a year after moving to Los Angeles that Richard had been able to lend his talents to appearances on shows like MASH and The Waltons. And it was in 1973 that Richard debuted on Broadway in The Changing Room by David Storey. And then, in 2004, Richard actually returned to Broadway in a play called Democracy that ran for about a year. In between, he certainly appeared in a number of off-Broadway productions and across regional theatre companies as well. Get this, Richard was the president of the Screen Actors Guild Awards for two terms in the late 1990s. As president, he aimed to raise awareness of the existence of the Guild and what it does in the acting industry. Richard figured that the Guild had done so much for him and his career as an actor, it would be fantastic to give something back. And that he did. His wife, Elaine, was also a Screen Actors Guild New York brand president. Talk about powerful members of Hollywood. <laughs> Disney sure is lucky to have Richard Massa as part of the family. Now, on the small screen, we can see Richard in episodes of All in the Family, 
The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Adam, Fallen Angel, and much more. I always love it when Disney family members are recognized for their hard work. Well, get this. In 1984, Richard received an Emmy nomination for his performance opposite Farrah Fawcett, who was also nominated, in the TV appearance The Burning Bed. And I personally love that Richard has featured in shows like Hawaii Five O and Happy Days. I'll have to go back and find some of those episodes. More recently, Richard has appeared on a range of popular family TV shows, including The Practice. And he once said that he's a familiar face, but people rarely typecast him, so he feels very lucky that way. <laughs> he even played Jamie Lee Curtis's ex-husband in the 1991 film My Girl. If that doesn't represent versatility and great acting skills. I don't know what does. <laughs> also on the big screen, Richard lent his talents to characters in Risky Business, 1983, and then the 1988 movie License to Drive. On Richard's talents and skills, a critic once said, "His dependable and versatile talent made him a welcome presence on both the big and small screens." And he never failed to elevate whatever project he was involved with. After being an incredibly familiar face on both the big and small screens, and even on stage, Richard moved on to directing. Richard has directed a few episodes of the popular TV show The Wonder Years, and even an ABC after-school special series. It must have been pretty interesting to be able to get a good look at how the magic happens from all those different perspectives. This is so amazing. His first directorial project, Love Struck, in 1986, which was a 23-minute film, which he both wrote and directed, by the way, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Live Action Short Film. Wow, I certainly am starstruck. <laughs> Thank you, Richard Massa. Without you, Disney definitely would not be the same. Close your eyes, don't try to hide, or a silly spook may sit by your side, shrouded in a death disguise. They pretend to terrorize. Grim, pretty ghosts come out to socialize, socialize. As the moon climbs high over a dead old tree, spooks arrive for the midnight spree. Creepy creeps with.
Hey, D-heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. See why we have to move to the middle of nowhere with a bunch of farmers and cows and no cute boys. First of all, Jennifer, it's not the middle of nowhere, it's the middle of New England. <laughs> Secondly, not only is this place beautiful, but we will be the only Gag City franchise for hundreds of miles. And best of all, Jennifer, we're going to have our own house. Our first very own house. Right. it a big fat juicy one all covered in slime yeah i, I think i'm gonna be sick <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's funny plastic upchuck i've never seen anything like it before hey dad are we and Ari gonna get our own bathroom in the house you bet you are both of you this is not only gonna be the perfect town it's gonna be the perfect house <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we delve deeper into those memories that have made your childhood, uh, you know, pass those down to your children, we have somebody that's a familiar face. You've seen him from television on shows like MASH, All in the Family, Hawaii Five-0, One Day at a Time. You've seen him in a variety of films like The Thing, Risky Business, and of course, for all of you Disney Disney fans out there, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, we have Richard Messer with us here this week. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thanks so much. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, within the Disney community, you know, as, as you and I have spoken off air, you know, Mr. Boogity is a cult fan favorite. So uh, before we get into that, though, your career and your face, you know, when you're going through films and television, it's the kind of thing where somebody's looking at it, they're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. So I guess, and, you know, before we go to, uh, you know, the Disney cult classics and all those, you've been part of a variety of different films and, you know, some that are just staples to this day. I mean, recently you had the Thing remake that came out and fans were in an uproar because the original 1982 version of the Thing is just something that everybody has loved and endeared. And, you know, being part of films like that, Risky Business, I guess looking back at your career, are those, uh, you know, little stepping stones and, and moments where, you know, you look back and, and it is gratifying when these fans come up to you and still relate to a lot of these films. Footage from the original, I, I assume they, uh, that John Carpenter had some contact uh, with, um, or maybe not, maybe Universal just said, go ahead and use it. I don't know. But, uh, but it was, yeah, it was a little disappointing. I, I have to say, everybody talks about the 82 film like it was the original. It wasn't, of course. The original was... Um, was the movie The Thing, um, uh, which was made back in the 50s, uh, that 
Howard Hawks produced, and uh, it was a great movie. And frankly, a lot of us in my generation were very leery of the 82 remake of that film, but of, but we didn't actually remake that film. We we started fresh from uh, um, uh, from the from the novel uh, from the novella, and and started which was called Who Goes There, uh, which is a great great story. If somebody wants to get it and read it, it was really great. Uh, which was set in Antarctica, not in the Arctic. The first movie was set in the Arctic. It was a much more accessible place where we were and where the original set was uh, totally in um, So, uh, um, uh, I mean, where the original story and where we were was totally inaccessible. Anyway, um, and what was so great about the short story and so great about our film, I think, what changed it from the original film was we went back to the initial idea that you didn't know where the where the thing was, that it was hidden, that it was that it had taken over people, and of course it came out of you know the concept for the short story for the novella came out of the paranoia that existed at the time. Um, uh, the science fiction films uh, tended to pick up on that zeitgeist and. and uh, and and capitalize on that. So um, anyway, I, I'm I'm off on a crazy tangent <laughs> here, but but I'm I'm very I think we're all fascinated and have been really having a lot of fun with the people who fell in love with the thing. And I have there uh, there are literally uh, there's two generations anyway of mostly boys uh, and now men who just love that movie and, and whose girlfriends also love the movie because their their boyfriends force them to watch it, you know, repeatedly. So uh um I'm glad I'm glad it's been continuing to make people scared and happy and you know, and it's scary in a way I think that's kind of kind of good. It's 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 tense and it's um, suspenseful. There, there isn't really very much blood and guts in the movie. There, there's a lot of rubber, but not a lot of, you know, no, not a lot of heads being torn off. Only one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I mean, moving aside from you know being in the, I guess the dark and scary horror too. That's going to lead us to the Disney cult classic that everybody has, the family-friendly film, you know, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, that was on the Wonderful World of Disney. You know, everybody loves it. It still hasn't been released on DVD, and it's the kind of film that everybody loves. You know, it's it's just crazy that I just it's a complete mystery. This uh, there are literally I have had people for decades now come up to me and talk to me about Mr. Bugany and the Bride of Bugany and say that since since they were kids, these I'm talking about forty year olds now and as they grew up with their siblings and then as they got older and had kids, they started having Halloween parties watching it and they're all watching like seventh generation <laughs> destroyed VHSs of broadcast of the movie as originally broadcast and and everybody everybody says when are they going to release this on on DVD when are they going to make this available for you know direct sale and and I never know what to tell them and so 
what I'm going to suggest is that every single person who's listening to this, and you can supply the way they can do this, because I don't have that information, but every single person who listens to this should should get on the horn, should write an email to address you will give them, and tell them how to write in and and demand that they that they release Mr. Boogity and the Bride of Boogity on a Blu-ray because it's it's just crazy that it's not that a good quality version isn't available. I'll tell you the way this thing happened. Uh, I don't know if you know this story, but uh, Michael Eisner, who who had taken over Disney a, a little while before this, one of the things that he wanted to do as the head of Disney was to re institute the Disney Sunday night movie because he felt there was a real uh, you know a real lack of family programming on television at the time and that people uh, that you know that companies just stopped making aside from the so-called after-school specials which ran during a week uh, everybody had just given up that audience and he wanted to try and get it back and he was a big fan of that as a kid, as was I, by the way. When when I was a kid, the the original Walt Disney Hour and and uh, and the Disney later on the Disney Sunday Night Movie. So he wanted to reinstitute this, and he was the one who uh, you know obviously who greenlighted this Mister Bugatti film, and he liked it so much. I don't know if it remained his favorite, but at that time it was the favorite his favorite of all the Sunday night movies. And and he ordered this two-hour special, which was The Bride of Boogity, to follow it up a year or so later. And and I had been told that, uh, and maybe that's why it got buried, because it was identified with Michael Eisner. And as often happens in the studios, when a new regime comes in, they just bury everything that the previous regime made. Uh, but it's it's um, it's really it's really a pity because yeah, I mean it's silly. It's got Mimi Kennedy in it, who was a wonderful, wonderful actress who's done great stuff since then. I'm in it. The the original in the um, uh, uh, Mr. Boogity, um, uh, Christy Swanson played uh, our daughter, who went on to be Buffy and Buffy the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, another wonderful uh, actress, uh, David Fastino. Uh, David Fastino played our son, and, and he went on to do uh, Married with Children and, and a bunch of other stuff after that. So, you know, um, and David was in both. Uh, uh, Christy moved on because uh, she got so, uh, she just took off after she did uh, 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 Mr. Boogity. Uh, I don't know whether it was because of that that she was adorable in it, but. Uh, she just took off and and just started working like crazy. So it was a great. Oh, uh, uh, um, uh, John Aston was in the original, and then uh, Eugene Levy was in the the, um, the Bride of Boogity. You know, so there were great people in it. Um, um, so I hope they do. I really hope they uh, release it so that uh, uh, not only so that old people who loved it when they were little <laughs> can watch it, but also so their kids and not in the not too distant future, maybe their grandkids can watch it too. I mean, it's, it's the thing about that movie, which was so great was that 
it was kind of it was spooky for little kids without without making them cry. You know, it got them scared, but but also they laughed. And and uh, you know, and part of that was the structure of it because it was this absolutely moronic group of uh, people. You know, uh, uh, Mimi and I as the parents and these three kids and all of them except for the girl were totally committed to just the silliest stuff and practical jokes and 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 playing practical jokes on each other and and since the the dad that was me was so into you know spooky stuff as uh, in terms of the jokes he liked to play he's the one who ends up um Kind of getting everybody in trouble with this stuff. So, um, it's, it's a real, it's, the two films are a tremendous amount of fun. And like I said, it's, uh, it's just extraordinary to me that in all this time they haven't released it. I mean, definitely. It's the kind of film, like you said, you know, when Eisner was uh, on board and, you know, looking back at when he was in charge, it is that kind of thing where the family entertainment, the Sunday night movie, it was very important, and you know, myself, I'm a father of four, and I've shown my children uh, Boogity and Bride of Boogity, and like you said, it's just scary enough, uh, you know, for my six-year-old to enjoy it, but yet we can all sit down, laugh, have some popcorn, and it's a good, scary film. Now, I guess working on this with the wonderful world of Disney and Mr. Boogity, are there any moments on the set that, uh, you know, are your favorite moments that you can recall, you know, anything that happened or any of the, I guess parts of filming or any of those moments that might just really stick out to you uh, during that entire process? Well, the, I, the thing is, the, the guy who directed them, Oscott, was a wonderful man, and still is, a, a really, really good director and a, just a terrific guy and, 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 and lovely to be around. And that's not always the case. He, and he created a lot of fun on the set and he got a huge kick out of all of it. I personally wasn't as enamored of the of some of the humor in the piece as some of the, <laughs> as ours was but i did it because i had agreed to do it you know and and i just i just threw all my dignity out the window and went for it and and i'm glad i did because i i thought it came out the way it was supposed to in terms of what you're saying i don't know there were the things that stick in my head generally tend to be the things that were not the most fun, but the least fun. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's what we tend to hold on to. I mean, I remember in the in the Bride of Boogity, I had to levitate. You know, and they had to fly me around, and they made this horribly uncomfortable rig because flying like on on uh, uh, parallel to the ground horizontally, you know, is is much more difficult to do. And I'm a big guy, and and um, it was, it was extraordinarily uncomfortable in the scenes where I, where I'm kind of floating around in the air. I, uh, it was not a lot of fun. And, um, but I always, I had a great time with Mimi. She's a doll and a, just a terrific actor. And, uh, and I found Christy absolutely, uh, I don't know. I guess the word is uh, mesmerizing. She was so, she had so much presence and she was such a good actor. She was 14 when we did the show or maybe, maybe 15 and she was just, 
she had so much presence and she was, you know, of course, very beautiful, but, you know, she, she was a little girl still in, in, from where I stood, but she was absolutely mesmerizing. You couldn't take your eyes off her. I remember that. And, and David was as goofy as he, as he could be. He was just always wanting to have a good time and, and that frankly caused trouble. And then, I think it was on, I don't remember, we had two different younger uh, brothers. I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names. And one of them, and I don't want to say which one it was because I don't want to slander the other one, but <laughs> one of them just did not want to pay attention. And that that was that was a real juggling act for all of us, for, especially for uh, Mimi and I. We had to keep... Um, we had to keep trying to do things to get him to pay attention sufficiently so she, we could shoot what we needed to shoot, and um, it was it was quite challenging at times. Is the best way I can put it. <laughs> but uh, but the whole I mean it was so low tech and so you know when when we had to have stuff fall off the shelves, there were guys behind the shelves with sticks pushing stuff off the shelves or. You know, fish line. You know, flying stuff around. There was no CGI. We, you know, it was none of that stuff. So it was all. It was very low tech, like I said. So any of the effects in there are incredibly. I, I mean, but that's why the flying. Now you would never do what we did because you would do it all with a green screen and with CGI. But you know, you had to hang us up in the air, and I'm, you know. A, and Mimi too. At one point, she's floating up above the staircase, I think, and uh, that was extremely um, um, uncomfortable for her. <laughs> That's what I remember. I don't know. Well, and with the family entertainment of Mister Boogity and Bride of Boogity, like you said, many things are you know green screen now, and you know part of the believability and fun is doing those simple effects, you know, like people behind bookshelves and wires and whatnot. You know, and that's going to lead us to, you know, since Mr. Boogity was on the small screen and television, which you said uh, is something that, uh, you know, it's harder to do. And you've been on so many different television series and whatnot. Are there any of those series that really stand out in your mind that were the most fun to work on? Well, I think, you know, here's my experience of, of working in this business in general. Um, some stuff is easier to have fun on than other stuff but everything's possible to have fun on it depends on your attitude going in and there have been times when i've had a really good attitude and even stuff that overtly wasn't that fun became fun because i'd find out the part of it that was going to be fun and focus on that not focus on the stuff that wasn't and i've got in when my attitude has not been so good and it has <laughs> And it's been pretty lousy, you know. So, I a lot of that, in my experience, is is what I bring to the party, and I and what other people bring to the party. I, I nobody can nobody can ruin a good time for me more than I can, you know. And I feel that that's true with pretty much all of us, uh, both in the business and out of the business. In general, if you're not having a good time, the first place you got to look is at yourself. So, yeah, there've been. I don't know. I I think um, um, I had a great time when I did Road. I always had a great time on that show uh, when I would uh, uh, go go and do that. Um, 
uh, one day at a time was a lot of work. We had a very complicated situation because we we kept the executive producers in the first year uh, kept leaving, and 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 generally you have one executive or two uh, one set of executive producers on a on a half hour economy like that, and and you have them usually for quite a while. It, it, it's certainly a full season, if not several years and also you generally lock in on a single director um, many many half hour comedies have one director virtually from the beginning for through the whole thing or for a long time and we we went through I don't know eight directors in the first 13 episodes uh, or the first 15 episodes because we shot two extra in the first season and then at the end of the first season which was uh, a half a season because um, because we were a mid-season replacement um, I basically I arranged with Norman Lear to get off the show and I agreed to come back and do four more episodes and in the next season and I did and, and then I was done but um, um, so I didn't you know, that show was, I, I could say that show was difficult for me. I have very fond memories of it. I really liked the people that I was working with, even though some some folks were having problems and had bigger problems as time went along. I And I've seen, I've seen them all since. And Bonnie just died, and that was very sad. It was, I was, uh, I had just seen her a few months before. Uh, we got a, a TV Land Award, which was lovely, and and um, and Pat and and Bonnie and, and Mackenzie and and Valerie and I were all there, and we were the we were the you know we were the people who started the show. So that was you know that was quite a lovely gift, especially because then Bonnie passed away. So, uh, um, but I you know I. As I said, the, the the longer I've been doing this, the more I've been around, the more I've figured out that um, my experience doing any job is only as good as my attitude is going into it and, and, and remains during it. And people can screw up and people can cause problems and people can be difficult. And if I have a good attitude about it, then it's all good. And I always find people that I like. I always walk away with uh, with good feelings about a lot of the people. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of the people involved. And and it's. I mean, I've been doing this for over forty years now, and you can't do it that long if you don't adopt an attitude like that. You just <laughs> you just eat yourself up, you know. Uh, and you can't you can't worry about. Also, you can't worry about whether you're up or down or whether things are going your way or not and you can't worry about you know the jobs that somebody else got and you didn't get because that happens it always happens I've taken jobs away from a lot of people and they've taken jobs away from me and you have to just be okay with that stuff and realize it's that's just out of, outside your control you know so the only thing you really can control or I really can control is how I how I am when I get there. If I'm if I treat people well, generally they treat me well. And uh, if I don't 
very often they don't. So, and I've had both experiences, and I, I prefer it when I get treated well. And as I said, the only way that happens is if I'm treating everybody else well. So, um, um, in terms of, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I've, I've just had so much, so many great experiences working on so many things, uh, TV movies, and I mean, some of them have been awful to do. And like I did this absolutely wonderful television movie called Fallen Angel, which was about pedophilia and child pornography. I mean, it's a horrible topic, but it was a great experience. We did something really important. It was the first film that had ever been shown on television that touched on that subject. And it was raw and hard to watch and and um, and the first time it was on, a lot of parents wouldn't let their kids see it because they were afraid that their kids would be upset. And after they watched it, they actually wrote into CBS and said, I didn't let my kids see it. When will this rerun? I want to know so I can have them see it because I think it would have been very important for them to see. And this is before everybody had a video recorder or DVR or whatever. And, you know, this is a long time ago, so 1980, I think it was. And and we, at CBS, for the first time and maybe the only time in the history of of uh, uh, of the network, we ran the uh, the TV movie in the same season, not 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 in the summer, not outside of the season it, we ran it in, in in prime time in the same season um because they'd gotten so much demand to adding to show it again and the ratings the second time were almost as high as they were the first time and the first time uh, the, the the film ended up being the number one and two rated film uh tv movie of that year uh of that season uh, the first time was the number one, and the second time was the number two. So that was pretty extraordinary. And that was, you know, you walk away. I did another thing with Farrah Fawcett a couple of few, a few years later called The Burning Bed, which was a, a huge event and really made a gigantic impact on, bad, you know, on the whole conversation about battered women and, 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 you know, and, and stuff like that. And, um, and again, it was just a, this amazing event to be part of. And, you know, in a lot of films where it just had worked, I've gotten to work with great, great people over the years. Right now, I'm doing a play called Lucky Guy. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's Tom Hanks is in the lead, but I'm working with this amazing group of actors that everyone listening to this knows, but the, you may not know all their names. I mean, Chris McDonald probably... A bunch of people know uh, Mark Tierney. Probably a bunch of people know um, Courtney Vance. Probably a bunch of people know. Um, but there are a lot of other people like me, you know, who are, as you said, that guy. Oh, that. And some <laughs> of them are younger versions of that. Well, they're all younger versions, except for one guy, Peter Garrity, who's an older version, and and he's also one of those guys, you know. And we're that group, you know, we're that group of those guys. And you get a whole bunch of those guys together uh, doing a project together. And we, you know, we kick butt. We know what we're doing. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're folks who've been to the road. 
rodeo several times already, you know, and, and <laughs> we know, we know, we know how the horse bucks and we know how to ride it. So, and it's fun. You know, I've had this experience a few times in the theater where people have come up to me saying, you know, what was so great about this. I just knew from the minute you guys walked out on stage, I could relax that you were going to take care of me, that, that, that nothing was going to happen, that, that, um, that you didn't intend to have happen, you know, that I was in good hands. And I just love that. You know, that's, that's my job. You know, uh, my job is to show up in a film and have people go, oh, wow, it's him. Great. That'll be great. I now I know I'm okay. You know, <laughs> and uh, like I did, I, I I did a lovely little thing on on the show Girls, was and uh, and I got that same reaction from people where you know I mean it was a very different character. I was horrible, <laughs> you know, a horrible boss who was a uh, was a groper. You know, it was horrible. It was just horrible. It was very funny, and. Um, it's a great show. She's a brilliant young woman, Lena Dunham. Just brilliant. And, uh, but every, you know, again, that's another thing. Everybody, I just had so much fun there. And I did this other HBO series, uh, um, uh, called Bored to Death, um, with Jason Schwartzman and, 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 and Ted Danson and Zach Galifianakis. And how much fun is that? You know, these guys, you know. Um, I get to do that stuff every once in a while. Not all the time, but every once in a while. And so I don't care that I'm not in that series right now. I, I don't care that, I, I mean, I'd love to be, but I don't care. I don't care that I'm not making as many movies as I used to make because I'm doing theater and that takes up a lot of time and I'm not always available and that's okay. Um, and because I've been doing this so long, I, I have a little bit more you know, I get to make choices a little bit more on, on the one hand. On the other hand, I don't worry about it so much if the choice is taken out of my hand and it's, it doesn't go the way I want it to. I go, okay, well, maybe next time. Because on balance, it's always worked out for me, you know. And, uh, and there are a handful of people, really, a yeah. handful of people walking around in this business who can say that after 40 years, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you have such a long-standing career, like you said, for so long, you know, over 80 films, uh, you know, and it's just... You know, it's the kind of thing where people are going to see you. And right now, you know, currently on Broadway, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, there's so much stuff going on, I guess. Before we let you go, we know you're busy and whatnot. Um, I guess, is there one final thing that you'd like to leave for all of your fans out there and uh, all of your Mr. Boogity fans in the Disney community? Go beat Disney up. Please put the, put the website or whatever the contact address is for their marketing department. Or you, you, you'll know better than I. What, uh, who you should direct them to get in contact with. But please write in and ask them to release this. I'm sorry, my dog is barking. Uh, but please write in and ask them to release Mr. Boogany and the Bride of Boogany on Blu-ray finally and give everybody a break. That's the one thing I would have. Well, it was our pleasure speaking with you, Richard. Uh, you know, always a pleasure, and uh, we look forward to seeing more of you in the future. Thanks so much. Take care, Nick.
Hello, this is Hayley Mills, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hello, D-Heads, and welcome to another segment of Disney Multimedia. My name is Randy Rickard, and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. Now, of course, last week, D23 Expo was already announced, and most of you may have gone there, which is really cool, and saw all the special attractions and presentations and announcements, I envy you. Now, one of the things that I think it would be really neat to share with the Disney community is the Disney animated iPad app. Disney um, company released this app on August 8th, 2013, and oh man, it's a must-have app. Now, this one covers over 53 animated films, and it contains over 750 interactive illustrations from the Walt Disney Studio archives. Even some of the images and footage has never been seen before, which is, uh, wow. You're going to hold all the Disney, all the magic of the Disney animation in your hand. And with more than 90 years of animated history, all can send into an iPad app. From the Snow White um, creation from 1937 to the latest animation film, Frozen, which will be coming out November of 2013. Also, this also gives out the animated um, users an inside look of the art and, and also the technology that brings these stories to life. The principal thing that we wanted to do is to tell the story of animation and the, the animation process in a way that builds an appreciation for really human effort that goes into the, the production of an animated film. And you know, uh, Mr. Walker is completely right when it comes to that because uh, for we're all fans of the animated films and the classic animation hand-drawns and since we're leaning to the ways of CGI animation uh, as for example Disney Tangled and uh, as well from other um, I don't know competitors site um, animation studios I'm not gonna mention the D word over there but you know what I mean where it seems like, I mean personally, it seems like Disney's losing a touch of hand-drawn because the technology is so much available that they find other which other technology, which is nice. Don't get me wrong, I think um, newer technology animation of telling story is really neat, but you know, we all miss the, like, the, the classic feel. Like, wow, like for example, the Disney Lion King, for example, uh, Disney Toy Story. Even though that's CD and animation, it's still considered um, an animation film. So, uh, to have this beauty and interactive element app on your iPad device, it's going to be a nice Disney premium price of $13.99. If you don't have it on iPad, I would recommend buy an iPad <laughs> just to experience this. I'm just joking. But uh, put that on your Christmas list or birthday wish list or something to treat you nice yeah anyways let's go ahead and jump down to Disney Infinity which will be actually be releasing uh, later next week of those who are kind of yay and nay about this platform also new exclusive 
um, figurines, an hour and a half, pretty much, um, presentation of it, and also Disney Interactive has released newer playsets and also few new features that will be launching on the shelf next week. New playable characters include Jack Skeleton, Wreck-It Ralph, Vanellope from Sweets, Anne and um, um, Elisa from Frozen, Phineas, Agent P, Woody, Buzz, and Jesse, and also Rapunzel, which also comes in the playset, which we will be releasing in October of 2013. These figurines will also be rolled out the beginning of October through 2014. Each will be coming with their own adventure, unique to the characters that allow them to play in a short game. Also, during the launch of next week, Disney um, Interactive Studio will be releasing a Toy Box Virtual Disneyland um, theme park where you can stroll around Main Street USA, Epcot. Also, for those who were at the presentation, all the attendees got the Sor- Sorcerer Apprentice Mickey figuring, but that figure will not be on sale until January uh, 2014. Now, if you really want to get your hands on it, it will be $50 on eBay. As you already know, Avatar Land will be featuring at Disney's Animal Kingdom at the Walt Disney Resort. Over in the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Pavilion, Disney Imagineers were on hand to show some little teasers of their detailing progress of Avatar Land. Now, there were some artifacts from the island Pandora and also there were some images where the Disney Imagineers interact with the natives uh, Navi and as well uh, pictures of their um, island map they were showing some props where the Navi folks they're pretty big and to the scope of possibly we may interact them during our visit at the Disney Animal Kingdom now again, there was so much more over at the Disney Expo, where also a little teaser was a possible Star Wars land that may be landing at the Walt Disney Florida Park. Now as to figure out what would be coming to the land, it's kind of up in the air. Um, there's the little slogan saying, speculation is beyond imagination. Now it's Pretty much looks like it's up in the air. We could be seeing like a possible uh, reference to a Jedi speed racer. Um, I don't know. It, it seems a lot of special little sneak peeks that they're really teasing uh, based on the Star Wars um, verbiage. Um, it looks like a, pro- a pretty neat concept, but again, where would it be? Now, there's been some few rumors circling the Disney community that possibly it may be coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney Park Resort. Now, they're saying that several attractions may be removing. Uh, That will be the backstage tour tram and possibly the lights motor action attraction. Now, my thinking, I don't think the Lights Motor attraction will be going because it seems a very popular attraction among Disney guests. But now, maybe the air behind it, behind the backstage tour tram ride, I could see it going there. 
Now, they've also been saying that maybe there'll be some expanding room behind Star Tours attraction there as well. So, what's your thoughts? Could we see it coming to Disney Hollywood Tours? Who knows? Well, this is Randy signing off, and uh, until next time, keep your eyes and ears to the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see ya!
Alright, well that's going to close out this week's show in the dog days of summer here at Disney On Demand. And I want to thank our very special guest of Richard Master once again for stopping in and chatting with all of you D-heads. He has had an outstanding career, variety of projects, I mean so many different things in the works. And all of you D-heads in the next week. Fear not, we are going to get that Mr. Boogity petition going online. So Disney is going to hear it calling and we have Richard to back us up. So all of you D-heads, thank you once again, Richard, for stopping in. And we're going to close out this week's show. First and foremost, I do got to thank the D-team. Yes, Lexi and Randy for stopping in here this week, sharing your signature segments and, you know, taking that break from the summer. We know how hard it is to get together during the summer. And thank you for bringing that little bit of magic to all the D-heads here this week at DizRadio.com. And I want to thank all of you D-heads out there. Without you, there would be no show. Thank you for tuning in every single show and making these happen. We do these shows for you. We want to bring that magic, the memories, and all those different things that you recall from your growing up of Disney, your childhood, and those magical memories that you pass down to your family. Thank you for tuning in and making these shows happen. Now, before I let you go and tell you who's going to be stopping in next week, might I add, it's going to be very fun. I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can visit our full list of past shows, our archives, current news feed, and more, including our Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can listen to over 300-plus television shows, specials, parades, and more, right there on the homepage at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Now, you can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter, AOL Instant Messenger, Instagram, and more. Just search, yes, you guessed it, Disney Blue. And be sure to download our 100% free iPhone app. Just search Diz Radio in the App Store. Thank all of you D-heads once again for tuning in. Sorry if I'm cutting it a little short here this week, but I did promise these four little ones that I'd be spending some daddy time. And this weekend, we have a lot of things planned from balloon fights, water gun fights, and more. So uh, I think daddy's going to be taking a beating here this weekend. So as I promised, next week, show number 46. You better get ready, all of you D-heads, because we have somebody special stopping in here at the show in Jerry Rees. Now that name may not ring a bell right offhand, but think from the old MGM Studios backlot tours with Back to Neverland. Think over 15 Walt Disney World attractions, including Alien Encounter among them, and many other things, including Tron and, you know, I can't give too much away, but Jerry Rees, Walt Disney Imagineer, man behind over 15 Walt Disney World attractions, movies, and more, is going to be stopping in here for show number 46. So until next week, all of you D-heads, when we bring you back some more news and all kinds of fun, I kept it short. School's going to be in session, so you're going to have to just shut me up as I'm going to ramble on with no little ones around. So until next week, as I always say, never neglect family for business. Catch you online, all of you D-heads. Good evening, and welcome to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. <laughs> we have so many treats and a few tricks in store for all of you. And trick-or-treating throughout the Magic Kingdom, even at Mickey's house in Toontown. Please consult your guide maps or any Magic Kingdom cast member for additional information or a detailed schedule. Have a wonderful evening and, of course, Happy Halloween! Ah!
thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.